you can't censor us. This is Uncensored Parenting. Talking about the shit, no one else will. You've got questions? We've got, well, we've got perspectives. Coming up on today's show is Kath Hackinson, a sexual educator specializing with working with parents. In this episode, we discuss the topic of porn. Kath teaches us the reasons why parents should start talking to their kids about porn the second they have an electronic device in their hand. Ways to empower your kids through using ethical conversations. Kath reveals some alarming statistics, research about porn, and the impacts on kids. If you are a parent to a teen, you definitely want to listen in because we have a conversation about sexting. And of course, don't want to miss out on Kath's best parenting advice on porn. Welcome to Uncensored Parenting. Hello, everyone. On today's show, we have Kath Hackinson, who is the creator of Sex Ed Rescue. Kath is a qualified sexual health nurse, author, and speaker. She has helped thousands of people as a sex therapist and counselor for over 25 years. She discovered the impact of poor or lack of sex education on one's life, so she shifted her practice to support parents. She now helps parents talk about proper sex education with their kids. Welcome, Kath, and thank you for joining us. Thanks for inviting me along. All right. So for everyone listening, definitely stay on for this entire podcast. It's definitely going to be a good one and it is going to be helpful. All right. First question. We're just going to dive right in. What age do you start talking to your kids about porn? Oh, as soon as you hand them an electronic device. (laughs) So you go to the shopping center and you see that kid sitting there on mum's phone because she's trying to keep them quiet because the queue's super long. That's when you should be chatting. I have had so many parents say to me, you know, I'm at swimming lessons, I chuck my kid the phone, I grab it afterwards, and then it's like all this porn that they're and they've been watching it for like the last hour and every week they're grabbing the phone and they go into the history and so yeah as soon as kids are doing anything on the internet or on an electronic device you really need to start having the conversation but 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 it doesn't mean that you're going to be talking about porn at that age but you need to have a conversation to prepare them and protect them okay so what would you say you know let's say your kids, you know, I mean, nowadays electronics are younger and younger in the hands of kids younger and younger. So what would you say to them? With the real little ones that you haven't even yet talked about sex and they're not curious about how babies are made, you can start off by saying that um, it's like crossing the road. You have to hold my hand when you cross a road. Well, on the internet, there's certain things that you have to do to stay safe as well. And then you can start having conversations about um, only allowing them to use YouTube as YouTube kids because normal YouTube, you get all those pop-up ads on the side and you click on one of those and you're off in the porn world. Um, so you have conversations about that sort of stuff and also warn children. So they might be watching a cartoon and then in the in middle of it, someone starts shooting some bunnies in the middle of the cartoon and it horrifies them because they're blood, there's blood, they like rabbits, so they feel scared. So it's about training kids from a young age that if they see something that scares them online, that they come and tell us about it, that they stop watching it, come and tell us, and then we can talk to them and make it safe for them again. So what we're doing is training them so that 
that when they eventually, as they get older, we can start talking about, well, sometimes you see videos and pictures of people with no clothes on and they might be making noises like they sound like they're being hurt and they might look like they're hurting each other. And if you see that, you need to put it down and come and tell me. And you can name it as porn. You can name it as sex, people acting sex um, and just letting kids know because if kids know what to do when they find it and that it's okay to come and tell you, it may, it's just better because at the end of the day, we need to know when kids see this stuff because we can't help them if we don't know about it. Right. And I really hear you saying like, it's, it's not necessarily about giving them all of this information they don't need, but it's really about pausing and listening to themselves like, oh, this might not be okay. Or this doesn't feel right. And coming and talking to you right away. That's really the goal of what you want to do. Yeah. And we've also got to be aware that porn can push our buttons. And my definition of porn might be different to yours. So I know for some communities, seeing pictures of a children's book that has naming the private parts, and it might have a picture of a naked child, some families would review that as porn. Um, Some people would review some of the movies that you can see on Netflix as being porn. And then others will see porn as in, you know, going into a studio, actors are paid, they sign a contract yeah so we all have different definitions of porn and also it's it's a topic that pushes our buttons because we might have our own hang-ups about it or memories of it ourselves as well so it's a really emotional because it's not nice loving baby making sex it's a different type of sex so yeah that really is a big factor for how we approach these conversations as well how we feel about porn yeah so what then do you suggest like that's I never even actually thought about viewpoints on porn or, or even like what I reference porn compared to somebody else. So it, if a parent, um, you know, feels as if books that have body parts named on it is porn, like what suggestions do you give to them about talking to their kids um, about that? I mean, yeah. Yeah. And then this is where it gets really tricky because, um, yeah, I've got a whole course on the porn talk and it took me two years to write this thing because no one else had done it. And it was like putting myself out there for criticism from others because at the end of the day, you can't stop kids from doing what kids do. So how do we go around and protect them and empower them and help them to make smart decisions? So, um, gotten your question I've gone off on a tangent now um, okay I love so. I love that right there yeah that but I but, like um, the idea of empowering our kids right like yeah. that's really the big piece is it's not really about what we view as porn necessarily but it's about paying teaching our kids to pay attention to what feels like yeah alone. and kids can't make smart choices without us helping them and if we And because this is the thing, because when I wrote this porn talk course, I looked at it and I realized that my definition of porn is probably very different to other people. Because, you know, I come from a sex therapy background. We used to use videos of people having sex as part of sex therapy. That wasn't porn. It was just erotic, erotica that was educational. But so when you're having the porn talk, you really have to know what you view as porn. Because if you don't tell your kids, you know, you might see a lingerie catalogue as being pornography and your child's masturbating to it. They don't know that that's porn and they don't know that 
that your family views and beliefs are that they shouldn't be looking at it. So I think that it, we need to be really clear ourselves as to what we view as pornography and what is and isn't okay. Because once we're clear, then it's easier for us to talk to our kids about it. Because it's really hard to talk to kids about something that we haven't even thought about ourselves. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so now on this, since we're on this, like, I want to talk a little bit about some of the statistics um, around porn. Is it common based on gender? A lot of the early, now the, a lot of the research is quite, I wouldn't say dodgy, but um, an Australian academic got some funding and he looked at the, la the last 50 years of research on pornography and found that most of the research is around the question of proving that porn is unhealthy. So when re um, yeah, when you look at research and then that's sort of like what all the funding's based on, so there's still a heap of things that we don't know about pornography. Um, so a lot of the research initially said that it's only boys, so it's only kids with a penis watching pornography. We now know that's not true. Girls are watching it as well. Um, and a lot of the research about the age that kids are first seeing it as well. And when you think about it, it really fits in because most kids are going to find porn at about the age of 9, 10, 11. Um, so it's not going to be like accidental showing. It's going to be they're actually on the internet looking for information and they stumble upon porn and that fits in with what we know about healthy sexual development for kids because they're starting to go through puberty they might be starting to have romantic feelings they're concerned that their penis there's something wrong is their penis normal like is it supposed to look like that so they turn to the internet and ask their questions and then that's how they stumble upon pornography because they're curious about their body they're curious about sex like what actually goes where you know they see sex as something one day they're going to have to do and they're clueless and it terrifies them a little bit because they forget that they're going to be adult by then their brain will be older but they sort of think that they'll have an adult body with their current thought processes expected to do this thing so they're out there looking for information. So, and that's usually at about that age of puberty. Um, so and, then is it is it normal then? Like, would you say at that age, because they are having those experiences, it's pretty normal then that this would be something that does come up or does? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't use the word normal because it's, uh, it's um, amazed sex education in America. The um, government organisation that pumps out all those great videos. I watched their pornography video with my daughter when she was 12 because I have a problem with her pornography video because it starts off saying it's normal to look at porn. And I thought, and I watched it with my daughter and she said, so am I supposed to be looking at porn? And if I'm not, I'm not normal. And I said, yeah. I said, what message does that give to kids? They want to be normal. They want to fit in. What they should have said is that lots of kids are curious about bodies and sex. And as you go through puberty and get older, then it's probably more age appropriate to be looking at porn. But I wouldn't say it's normal because normal means that everyone should be doing it. And it's, oh, it's, yeah. So, so it's, it, it's really about the... It's normal to be curious and yes. it is age appropriate that mm. they are curious then about yeah. porn. Yeah. 
keeping in mind that every kid's different. Some kids are much more curious because we all grow up in a different world. Um, so what my kids are exposed to are going to be very different to what other people's kids are exposed to. So if parents are watching M-rated movies from a young age with children, I had a parent message me the other day and her five-year-old and seven-year-old were watching Friends with them. Do you remember Friends? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're watching Friends with them every night and one of the, they'd mentioned it to a friend and their friend to criticize them for it. And so they reached out to me and said, am I doing the wrong thing or not? And I thought, well, geez, this is really tricky because my value set is going to be very different to your value Mm. set. And I said to them, look, some parents would have a problem with it, but at the end of the day, they're your kids. But if you are watching friends with them, you need to be having conversations about these things. And yes, Disney has got lots of movies that are for kids and there's lots of adult references that, you know, the parents sit back and chuckle, but it goes straight over the top. I said, but the problem with friends is that it's not just the odd reference, it's lots of references. So it's more work for you now because your kids are watching this. It's like 10 times more conversations that you need to be having. But technically, if you're having conversations and helping kids unpack stuff it's okay but this is the thing all kids are exposed to different things so for some kids some parents are totally okay with them watching porn at the age of 13 or 14 or watching adult erotica it's just yeah it depends yeah it depends Mm. on on the Mm. values so i i mean i can imagine this this fear of like saying too much or like not wanting to say too much to kids in fear of maybe like it, they'll then be curious and like want to know more. But like what, and I know um, it's all about the conversation, but let's say that kids are a bit older and they're not younger. And I don't know, you don't know if they're looking, maybe they're eight, maybe they're nine. Like, how do you approach this with eight or nine year olds? Like, what do you say that you're not over saying, um, but to kind of prepare them for if they find it? Yeah. Now, I just want to go back to what you said about that fear, because one of the biggest barriers for the porn talk is that if I talk to my kid about porn, is that going to inspire a curiosity about it? And that's a huge barrier um, for parents that by introducing the topic. So I think we've got to remember that kids forget stuff. I'll tell you a story. I was My son, I remember my first porn talk with him because I was terrified about it, used a book, had post-it notes and <laughs> had the chat and then we chatted a bit more, read some books and then a year, six months, a year later, we still had some casual convos. We're sitting at the traffic lights after swimming and we always get the red light and there's a McDonald's on the left and just across the road is a sex shop that's been there for about 50 years and they had a sign out the front and he said, Mum, what's P-O-R-N? Luckily we are at a red light because I turned around to him because I was flustered, you know, busy day. I said, what? You don't know what porn is? I said, seriously, mate, we've talked about this how many times? <laughs> porn, you know, people having sex that do it for a job, you see it on the internet, you're not supposed to look at it because it's for grown-ups, not you. He says, oh, yeah, porn, yeah, I forgot. And as I drove home, I thought, great, Kath, that's a really good way to not <laughs> have him say something to me again. And I thought about it and I thought, you know what? had lots of conversations but it hadn't made sense like it had gone one year in it was it, it was irrelevant he wasn't interested in that stuff so he listened but it went out the window with all the other stuff that kids forget about when it's not relevant so that just showed to me that you know 
we can have these conversations and to us it's a really hard, tough conversation, but to the kid it's just mum or dad crapping on about something else that's totally irrelevant that they're not interested in. So we have this real fear that by talking to our kids about porn we're going to introduce the topic. But we have to remember that when we're talking to kids about porn we're telling them what's okay and what's not okay. So we're giving them guidance and I do a lot of counselling with parents and most of the counselling I do is parents who've come to me because their kids are watching porn and they haven't had any conversations. And when you starting to talk to kids when there's been no conversations is a lot harder. And then I was noticing that the parents that were having the conversations already, porn wasn't as big a problem because their kids already knew what was okay and what wasn't. And because they'd already started the conversation, if they then noticed that their kids were watching it, they were more okay about talking about it rather than seeing it as like, you know, a really big conversation. Um, so as kids get older, it gets a little bit trickier to start the conversation because my son's 13 and he got a new computer for school and I was playing around with some new software and I hadn't set it up properly. And then one night at about 10 o'clock at night, I got this message saying something and my his big sister, who's the sister from hell, she always <laughs> sticks her nose in stuff and it's really handy sometimes. And she was next to me and she said, oh, he went to bed like an hour ago. He's not supposed to have a device in his bedroom. I said, okay, let's go and have a look and see what he's up to. So she helped me work out how to get into his computer, got him into his emails, and he was getting all these bloody emails about from a porn site, a live site where you go in and stuff. And it was like, oh, okay, you know, that's when you sort of wish that you hadn't looked and sometimes it's better to just not know what's going on because this is a conversation I now need to have. And I went to bed that night stressing about it and my partner said, haven't you got a course on this and you teach parents what to do? So I went into the course and worked out what to do and stuff. But I had a chat to him the next day about it and he had gone onto Instagram, hadn't hidden anything, someone was sending him links, clicked on one and it was porn and, you know, found it interesting and but so we've got to have these conversations so putting software controls on can be really good because they don't always stop it because setting them up's a nightmare but it can let you know if stuff happens which is really handy and trying to find a way to start the conversation can be tricky but you can start it off by a question, you know. Um, you know I, I heard a podcast the other day where someone was talking about teenagers and pornography and it really got me thinking about the fact that I haven't been talking to you about porn. Um, and, you know, this is a really awkward topic for me because, you know, maybe I've never seen porn before or maybe I was watching it and my parents caught me. Um, and you might say you feel awkward or whatever, but you said, I was wondering, you know, what are your thoughts about pornography? Do you know what it is? Are your friends watching it? And starting the conversation that way and leading into it. Yeah, great. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast. So 
thinking about like, let's say kids have already been exposed and then Mm -hmm. have been watching it. Like, how does a parent address it without creating that shame for the child? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely need to address it because it does escalate. And I was chatting with a parent whose child had actually been sent child sexual abuse material and that parent was a teacher. So that parent had to involve the police because the laws where they were was that they had to. So they had the federal police involved in everything and and they had ongoing conversations and stuff. So you definitely need to be having these conversations because when it gets messy like that, it gets messy. So you need to be talking to them about, um, it depends on the age, but we need to be talking to them about things like what pornography is, why they shouldn't be watching it, um, and the consequences of watching it as well. And so what and are some of those consequences of watching? Oh, consequences are that, and this is where it gets really tricky because as kids get older, when they're younger, we can say to them, look, that's for grown-ups. It's not for kids. It's not healthy for your body and your mind to watch it. And this is where books can be really handy and there's some fantastic children's books that make the conversation a lot easier. When they get to that tween age, we can talk about the fact that porn is acting Um, it's not real sex, it's not healthy for your body while you're developing to be watching this sort of stuff. Um, It can cause problems. It might stop you from one day having a healthy relationship with someone. People who watch too much porn have trouble, problems in the bedroom. So as kids are going through tween age, you might talk about this. But then as they get to the teenage, this is where it gets really tricky. The conversations have to change. Because from about the age of 15 plus, you can't tell them what to do. You can, but at the end of the day, they're making their own decisions. And depending on your parenting style, you know, if you're the type of parent who says, you do, you're living in my house, this is what you do. Well, you can say that, but just be aware that they probably will be watching it. And if they come across anything that shocks them or they're having problems with dealing with it, they're not going to be able to talk to you about it because you've closed that door. Mm -hmm. So you're basically setting your child up for future problems um, because they've got no adult to do talk to. So we need to sort of share our feelings about it and let them make the decision for themselves. And there's some really good research coming out of the UK of people doing sex education with teens. And what they're finding is that teens are actually making smart decisions. And there's a heap of organisations that go out there and write lots of articles and present about pornography being the end of the world for teens, but it isn't for all teens. And what they're finding is that if Parents and educators can have conversations with teens about pornography that they then go, if they watch it, they're watching it informed, they're not watching it vulnerable, and the conversations become more ethical. So if I'm 16 and I'm sitting on the bus and someone shows me some porn, I'm not going to turn around and go, hey, I can't look at that because my dad or mum are going to kill me. They've told me I'm not allowed to, so sorry, not looking at it. They're not going to say that because they're going to turn around and say, oh, you're a mummy's, you know, you're a wuss, you know, grow up, you know, you'll get bullied for it. And teens, everyone wants to fit in with the crowd, but I might turn around and go, you know what, I'm sorry, but I don't like the way they objectify black Afro-American women. I don't like the way they stereotype 
black African men as being rapists and abusers. I don't like the way women are treated in pornography. Um, I don't like the, yeah, they, they treat, you know, you talk ethically about it, about how a lot of pornography is, oh God, the number of stories I've heard from parents whose daughters have had their first sexual experience and the partner has a phone set up in the corner of the room recording everything. Mm. They go to school the next day and the whole school's seen the video. And because the child is so embarrassed, police don't want to touch it. doesn't matter if they're 15 and underage. It's like they have to say they want to pursue it and take it further. So... Illegal porn, the number of girls that, or the number of adults and teenagers that have, you know, self-harmed and committed suicide because of stuff that's been set up for, you know, kids setting up a prank of pretending to be someone else and getting someone to take pictures of their own genitals or a video of themselves masturbating and then sharing it with the school because I think it's a bit of a joke. This sort of stuff happens. So we need to be having these ethical conversations with our kids to keep them safe because, yeah, and to make these smart converse, make smart decisions. Yeah, I, I like this idea of this ethical conversation, right? I mean, I think that's the biggest piece that that's really hitting me right now is is around because you you really can't say like don't watch that it's not appropriate or anything like that. It really comes down to the way you know humanity, the way people are treated mm-hmm. when on porn because it isn't realistic, um, and that's yeah. the most challenging piece. So that mm-hmm. leads into my next question: Is there ethical <laughs> porn? There is, but you've got to be really, really careful. What's happening now is the big porn ones that are unethical have realised that ethical porn is a problem and they're buying them out and they're not disclosing it. Often, yeah, working, you know, they have top lawyers. They've got lots of money. It's really easy to cloak who owns a company. It's owned by a trust. It's owned by this. It's owned by that. And when you peel back the layers, it can be quite tricky to work out whether it truly is ethical or not. Um, So, and I would be very wary of, you often get blog posts where they do, you know, the top list of the top 10 ethical porn sites So you need to just be really careful that they are ethical. So the idea of ethical, I guess, is that technically everyone is given consent. They haven't been coerced. There's no children that have been trafficked or adults trafficked into it. They've got fair work conditions and stuff as well. So if you can find something that you think is ethical, that's probably better than something that's illegal. And um, Pornhub, MasterCard and Visa have cut off funding for them and there's been heaps of changes, lots of litigation cases. Um, and um, oh, Gail Dines um, in the U- US and there's another anti-porn association. They're doing a lot of lobbying and there's a lot of funding bef- behind trying to clean up pornography and to make it more ethical. Well, I'd say their stance is probably to stop the whole industry. But we're talking about an industry that's been around for hundreds of years. It's not going to disappear. Yeah. So my, yeah, my belief is that, you know, we need to empower our kids so that yeah. they can make smart decisions. Yeah. This is a world they live in. We, yeah. Yeah. And that, change it. that's really what I'm hearing is that it's, it again, it goes back to that ethical conversation. This isn't about, it's, it's teaching your kids to come to you and then having that ethical conversation so that they're empowered, informed, and can make decisions 
that are best yeah. for them versus falling yeah. into that um, yeah. obsession yeah. In, a vulner- in a vulnerable space. Yeah. So it, it, talking about, like, I would love to talk about teens today and sexting because I know that's a big thing and people have addressed that that's porn or there's, like, a consent laws around that. Like, how how do you talk to your kids about this piece? Yeah, this is where photo, photo where, um, conversations should definitely start a lot younger so that you can talk about your family rules. So kids, when they're younger, will often take pictures of their vulva or their penis or their poo hole or something because they're curious about that part of the body. So that's about having conversations with them that we don't take photos of private body parts. We don't take photos of other people without their consent. So we can start these conversations when they're younger around non-sexual stuff. So if we're laying down these foundations foundations they've got more of an idea about what's okay and what's not okay and then as they get a little bit older we can then start talking about um, the fact that um, some people as part of romantic feelings um, and getting to know people you know when we used to like someone we might talk to someone at school who'd pass a note to them or they'd say something kids now do their flirting and everything in the online space so they can directly message someone and you can talk about the fact that you know communication is different how you know you could tell stories about how you met your partner or some of your first boyfriends or girlfriends and talk about how now it's different that you know you're communicating with a device and sometimes what can happen is that kids want to ask for pictures of your breasts or your penis or your vulva or something and so you need to just talk to them about um, why they shouldn't be doing this and about how the fact that once something's online on the internet you've got no control over it so um, there's what makes it really easy for this conversation is that there are heaps and heaps of internet safety online safety books so if you can start having these conversations with your kids at a younger age it just makes it easier the problem problem now with sexting though is that a lot of the research has shown that some kids sexting can be dangerous but it's actually become a form of almost foreplay of almost a relationship so now there's a little bit more of a push of making sure that if people are sending images naked pictures that they're doing it in a safe way so that they might be doing it in a way where their face isn't there (laughs) or their school uniform school shirts lying behind with the logo that sort of stuff there's a article on my website um one of my peers in the uk um had a blog post on her website where she interviewed someone about sexting and it was academic so she allowed me to put it on my blog and it's fantastic it outlines all the research on how to have conversations about sexting and there's actually a book there's two people in America who wrote a book about sexting it's on my website I think I even have a sexting book list I can't remember but it's in the porn book list but there's a book and it's written for tweens and it's got pictures in it and it's written in a really nice friendly way and quite a few parents have come back to me and have said that they've found that book as a really helpful resource for starting conversations about sexting but we definitely need to have those conversations because the ramifications of photos getting out and we're talking about tweens and teens their brains still developing and they see it as the end of the world whereas it's not it's a hurdle like look at Monica Lewis her episode was globally known but she moved on (laughs) with a lot of help yeah yeah 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah. then I guess the same would be for like, let's say your child receives um, or your teen mm-hmm. receives a picture from a, a girlfriend, boyfriend, partner, whatever. And maybe they didn't have, didn't ask for it or something mm-hmm. to that extent. Like, how do you talk to your, your teen about that? I'm glad you brought that up because technically if they've got a photo of a 13-year-old's vulva on their phone, that's child pornography, child sexual abuse. That's police involvement type stuff. So when they're at that tween age, we can talk about the fact that it's illegal, that that's distributing child pornography. Um, And, you know, if you receive it and then forward it on to someone else, so we need to have those conversations with kids so that they know that they can come and talk to us. So they need to know that they can come and tell us about this and they're not going to get in trouble because this is the thing and they're not going to lose access to their phone. So kids will often not tell us stuff because they're aware, they're scared of the consequences. So part of those conversations when we're talking to kids is that you can talk to me about anything. You won't lose access to your phone or computer you know, you'll have conversations and you might put some software on it to make it safer, but making sure that they don't lose that access because you've got to leave the door open mm, all so the time. I have a question. So you had made a comment about, um, you know, that being like underage, you know, sex trafficking or uh, what did you call it? Um, oh, yeah, there's lots of jargon. Whatever. But yeah. <laughs> So to say the least, talking about, you know, being 13 and and sending a photo and you receiving it and passing it on, is that not the same as like, um, you know, teens where they're having something like them having sex recorded and then it gets passed on? Are those considered the same thing or no, because they're. Well, I guess the teen being recorded that's done without their consent but taking a photo of your own genitals you've actually consented to it so the yeah it can be seen a little bit differently um yeah okay. if that makes sense yeah yeah so because I just think about like how do like the difference in talking to your kids so they're so aware I mean mm. it's that piece of like um you know the importance of telling your kids like if you receive a photo don't share it and what do you do with it if you didn't request it and then the other piece is like you know I I think about even teaching kids not only like the repercussions of like you participating in that but then the idea of like if you're choosing to engage in sex Mm -hmm. and you record it there's a responsibility you know there's this piece of like how do you take care of the other person in this space as well it's you know and so it's like how do we talk to our kids about that piece of like you know that you're not the only person in this and having these experiences and the repercussions of what it does to others this is where it can get really complex and this is where we need to be having conversations all the time about you know me talking to my kid when he didn't know what porn was in the car and I apologized to him later that night Um, that was an example to him that I make bad decisions sometimes and respond in ways that I don't normally. So letting kids know, like my daughter's 16, we still talk about puberty. Puberty is almost finished for her, like with the physical, but her brain is still doing all this puberty stuff. So I talk to her about, she'll talk about something her friends will do. And I'll go, well, you know, they're only 15 or 16. I said, they're still going through puberty. She'll go, yeah, I know that. What do you mean? And I'll go, well, the brain. The brain is still doing all this massive change stuff in different parts of the brain. So I said, 
you know, give them a couple of weeks, if they had to make that decision again, they'd probably make or had to, yeah, decide they'd make a different choice. I said, you know, or constantly letting our kids know that we all make bad choices just because we do. Like our dog constantly pees in the house and the kids will go, bad dog. And I'll go, no, she's not a bad dog. She's just made a bad decision of peeing in the house because now we're cranky. So constantly reminding people that just because you've done something doesn't mean that you're a bad person and having those conversations and reminding them that sometimes we just make decisions that we don't think through or choices that we don't think through and there's a consequence that happens. The best thing we can do is to learn from that so that we don't make that mistake again. So to always talk about talking about these sorts of things, which means that, when the pornography, when they take that image without thinking about it and it gets shared, that they don't see themselves as being a total loser, they've screwed up, it's the end of the world, that they just see it as they made a bad decision or a bad choice, what can they do in the future? So yeah. it's, it's almost like that repair, or the restorative piece, like the mm. decision wasn't the greatest, they, there was a consequence or whatever, and here's how we can restore it and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this has been wonderful. Okay. Um, okay. We ask every person that we interview, what is one um, piece of advice, best advice that you could give parents? Oh, for the porn talk, don't put it off. The sooner you start talking about it, the better. And trust me, your kids are going to find porn eventually, but talking about it means that it's going to be less of a problem for them and it's going to be easier for you to have those conversations once they've exposed to it. So it's definitely start talking about it now. Wonderful. All right, if people want to know more or they need resources, where can they find you online? SexEdRescue.com. And then when you go to the website, I've actually got a whole section at the top called Porn 101 and that's where all the information is and that's where some of those books that I've mentioned are there there's some fantastic children's books because this is the thing you might be sitting there thinking what do I say I just don't know what to say there's books you can read a children's book with your child and it gives you the language to use my first conversation was based around a book and I'm an educator I'm trained in this stuff so there's resources out there you're not alone use them because it makes life easier amazing Kath thank you for your expertise and all this wise advice much appreciated thanks Thanks. it was fun thanks for listening to uncensored parenting make sure to follow us on instagram at uncensored parenting podcast we're out Are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all time? Do these legendary movies still hold up? On the Generation Film Podcast, two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation. We discuss changes in storytelling styles, representation, and the making of each film, its initial reception, and how its meaning has changed over the years. Join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on Generation Film. Electric Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Thank you.
Electric Acid.